0: Hello and welcome as the jump Training Institute presents another episode of the Magician's Call podcast. We have another great episode for you. In this episode, we will join Lance Allred and Dr. Lahab Al-Samurai. It's a great episode and we can't wait for you to hear it. If you want to support the Magician's Call podcast, make sure to rate the podcast five stars on iTunes and wherever you get your podcast. So without any further ado, Dr. Al-Samurai, take it away.
1: Welcome back to another episode of The Magician's Call. I'm Dr. Lahab El-Samurai, with me, as always, Lance Allred, and we are back. Lance, how are you doing this week, bro? I'm
2: doing well. I went to the Magical Kingdom last week, so like a magician, I did my thing there at Disney World and uh, spoke to the people at the convention, but then had a good time with my son, and uh, Yeah, I'm glad to be back. And uh, lots of movement that you and I uh, can update and talk about uh, just in the last month. And yeah, it's, we were talking, uh, my birthday was a month ago, 28 days ago. And we were around that time, we were talking about magician in action and what it means to actually be in a state of action as a magician and you know some interesting developments came that we spoke about the springs in montana that i've been pursuing for most of my life and interestingly enough in 2009 when i was 28 years old when i was dealing with my suicidal depression i went to the oregon coast astoria cannon beach area Ooh. and i had not spoken to a higher power in some time when i got to the ocean there um Something interesting happened as far as like whether you want to say I was teleported or whatever, but a lot of memories, not just of this life, came flooding. Maybe they weren't my memories, maybe they're other people's. I don't know. But since then, I have loved that area greatly, but also recognizing that um. The Columbia Gorge, the Great Northwest Passage, is the ley line of which the hot springs water that I swam in as a child in Montana connect to the Pacific Ocean from the Bitterroot River to the Clark Fork to the Columbia Gorge. So there's that energetic connection of that space. And so I've known that Oregon would be a part of the picture somewhere somehow. And frankly, I was planning on retiring to Oregon when I was playing basketball, but then I got a divorce and moved back to Utah to be with my son, as you know. And so I put the Oregon vision on hold, but the same week as my birthday, I happened to be in Oregon when we were talking about the magician in action because I was giving a keynote for a food chain there. And I also happened to be staying at a timeshare condo that I own and I stumbled into an addiction recovery center that's 50 beds uh, for sale that is dormant, but is licensed. And I reached out to the seller and the seller, um, unlike other people I've been dealing with as far as the hot springs and whatnot, the seller was very flexible and wants to have some equity in the business by also donating some of the wooded forest oceanfront land. So it's there, right there in the water on the ocean. And is interesting, Lahab. What I'm getting at is yes, you have a vision. And we've talked about letting go, detaching from what it's supposed to look like, because every goal I've written down has come true in my life, but it's never looked with exactly what I thought it was going to look like. But more importantly, the power of simply taking action, taking initiative does not mean that you're going to get what you want, but that energy of putting yourself into the game allows you to finally move energy and for things to go. Um, There's a time and a place to take yourself out of the game to recharge. And then there's a time where, you know, as the saying goes, you can't win the lottery if you never play. And so when a lot of people are getting bogged down by how you're going to make it happen, how, 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 the magician says, I do not worry about the how. I simply have to show up and trust that I will be given the right answers as they appear in the moment. I create. I create.
1: And so you created. Created. Yes. Yeah. I did. This is a creation, right?
2: It is. This is
1: a creation. This This is a huge creation. Fifty it beds. It's not just fifty beds. It's,
2: uh, it's bigger
1: it, than. It's a, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a place for people to heal. It's a place for people to transform. It's a right. place where true alchemical experiences occur um, that promote
2: healing. Yes, and there's beauty and power in, while the hot springs vision was big, as people would say, it was big mostly because of the price tag that people are trying to sell it for. But there's a, you know, we've all heard, you know, just let go and detach and let God or let the universe and something even bigger will come. And so it is pretty profound that something much cheaper, uh, five times as big, as far as the ability to impact people. Mm. Um, just I stumbled right onto it, again, like Percival, when he was on the quest for the Holy Grail. Percival didn't find the Holy Grail, because he, he found was him. He found him. Long uh, Beach found you. And yeah, so the, there in Long Beach, it's exciting. And, but here's the interesting thing. Uh, I can truly say that for me, to be in the space of manifesting, dealing with grief and loss of my father, but also, I had to detach from the hot spring, moving into an energy of okay, I just don't care anymore. Meaning, I don't care as far as me wanting validation, or for people to see me, or pat me on the back. And so, it's I guess it's I guess the word is excitement, but it's interesting because. I had to let go of the child's idea of excitement or maybe just the ego is probably better or actually, frankly, let's go to the victim. It's the victim's idea of excitement that says I get to be validated.
1: But you deserve to be validated in this context because True. let me, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. You're being hard on yourself.
2: I'm trying. I'm okay. trying to. Okay. And,
1: and I can't, I, and I, I, it doesn't it doesn't fit today it doesn't fit that you you you're so hard on yourself because i think whatever secondary tertiary long list of other wants or needs right the the main objective is creation of a space of healing right And that has always been your vision. Right. And therefore, I think you shouldn't be so hard on yourself. But if you want to be,
2: continue. But what what I'm getting at is I am excited. And it's interesting because what I'm trying to do is admit that while in the past there was the vision of wanting a space of healing, spite has always been a great motivator for me. As an athlete, I had to channel a lot of it when people would resist me or tell me, no, I had to turn it into fuel. And so there was also, I could admit, there was some part of me, the child within me that wanted to be able to go back to Montana and have my family and my father vindicated along with the space of healing. So what I'm getting at is interesting that I actually had to let go of those secondary desires of validation, vindication, spite. And so it was an interesting kind of excitement is what I'm trying to articulate that it's really, it's it's much clearer, it's much smoother, and it's flowing much easier because at the end of the day, it is not about me and any deep-rooted needs to be vindicated. And so that was the, the sacrifice, We just spoke about sacrifice last time, that I had to pay to stumble into a new arena where it's actually going to be bigger than I ever imagined. And
1: what is the saying? It is bidden. Yeah. It is bidden. And so it happened in creation. Right. Now we will look forward to what this creation is um, going to heal and how it's going to heal, how it's going to be transformative, how it's going to use uh, jam and meditation and different forms of healing to get people back
2: into um, living their lives. Absolutely. Because it's, yes, um, 12 steps is great. I'm not going to ever knock on 12 steps. I, so much of my message is that the archetypes within us, we all have our own unique coding of archetypes. And so to assume that one size fits all system is there is very naive. And so the space is about healing the trauma, which is the underlying root of the symptoms. Yeah, And so finding and meeting people where they're at and assessing them through archetype work, through star charts, if we need to, or uh, Myers-Briggs or strength finders, we're going to have all sorts of personality tests, whatever that we're going to use. And then we're going to do our best to figure out, okay, which is the right way to address this person, giving them their own unique set of skills, new skills to help them cope with the addiction that is really running rampant, because they have very limited other coping skills that they trust.
1: The the archetypal aspect of healing is important because we use it we use it for different things. I mean, um, there's certain plants um, that archetypally are healing towards certain archetypes. So certain roots for. Warriors, certain roots for magicians, certain roots for lovers, certain mm-hmm. roots for um, kings and queens, um, and so so each each person's um, ailment is of uh, an archetypal nature in itself.
2: Right. It is a, uh, as an astrologist would say, it is a square of aspects or an opposition of aspects, and aspects show uh, the archetype. And so it is a clashing of the archetypes within one's psyche, as is trying to make sense of this chessboard. And so usually I can look at someone's star chart and see Neptune. Mm. If Neptune has an affliction, meaning a square or a king conks, not necessarily king conks, but an opposition or a square, especially with something like Jupiter, mm. um, I will say, okay, that's definitely the addict right there. Mm. There's been quite a few times I've done star charts for people that I just ask them bluntly, how is your addiction? Mm. They try to deny it. Then, then I push them in, like, how did you know? I'm like, well, it's... Here's the beauty of it, it's not me knowing, it's right here in your avatar decoding that we're doing, to let you know that this isn't personal, there's nothing wrong with you, that it is a genetic and family ancestral issue that you are being coded with the potential to actually address and heal it and send it back up the family line. And so, Being able to help people, there's great power. When we spend so much time myopically taking everything personally, yes, it is personal. It's a very personal experience, the human experience. Mm. But as you know, so much of the work of getting people through trauma work is getting them to take a step back and see the broader lens Mm. and realize that we don't have to take everything so personally and that is the magic that I have found in dealing with people with trauma.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the healing of trauma transforms everything. This is why mm-hmm. Jamp is amazing. We yes. we have we have a series of uh, <clears throat> we have a, a series of treat. Uh, we, we're doing a treatment with. Uh,
2: someone and um, she is she
1: has regained a taste for life huh. she uses terms like um, I, I think that it would be um, good to live huh. things that she doesn't say things that were not part of the the um, vernacular before no did not exist things like um i deserve a better life mm-hmm. terms like that that were not used terms of because before that person was in the mode of surrender and defeat and that the traumas have uh, have crippled them have tortured them and crippled them mm-hmm. um the removal of those traumas um, shows healing in a way that is uh, stunning. Mm -hmm. Because healing is uh, it's like you have a shield that's holding back feeling better. Yeah. And removing that shield is what it takes. And that's the trauma. And the trauma
2: holds everything. It does. Um, let's use an athlete's experience that when we ice our body and when we do our, our work to numb the pain, it's not, there's two types of numbing. One is distracting yourself. Another is removing yourself from the pain so that the physiologist would tell you through all these top trained people i've worked with that we numb because the less pain the body feels Mm -hmm. the quicker we heal that as it's distancing itself from the actual mind bending pain that is there when you're in pain and that area your knee is throbbing all you're going to do is focus on that knee Mm But when you numb it with ice or whatnot, and it gives you just a minute of reprieve, not only mentally are you able to focus on other things, but your body is able to relax, which, incli- which allows blood flow from equally distributed around the body, and that helps it heal faster. Yes. So what you just talked about is the same thing mentally, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually. It's the Ooh. same thing, getting people to take a step back from the immediate myopic focus of the trauma that they are so focused on it that they then numb or distract themselves in the negative way while not actually dealing with and being proactive in said trauma. And so again, the athlete, I can take painkillers and check out from pain, or I can put some effort into numbing my pain and have the discipline to sit in a nice cold bath for 20 minutes, but after five minutes, it feels great because the pain is gone the first five minutes are sheer agony because it's freezing cold it's not just that little extra step of being proactive in your healing is what moves you away from the pain less yeah once you healed.
1: submit to the once you submit to treatment because that takes guts it does it takes guts to after so many years of being in pain to say i want to give it another try Mm-hmm. It's easy to give up, right? It's easy to keep numbing it and not finding a, um, a solution for it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Right? So this is the other thing about Jamp, which is amazing. It, it takes away your pain.
2: I would agree. Um, my own experience with Jamp, uh, with your system, with your modality, modality is better than system. with your modality again it's the clarity that um activated in both hemispheres of the brain by seeing oh wait i'm still viewing that lens from the child archetype Mm. and so it's time to shift it and um yes we can do cell talk and everything but the the physio you are correct
1: it is an archetypal treatment because what happens is is that it Um, bypasses the the, the ego deep into the psyche. And that's where you could get at where the pain is coming from. Mm -hmm. And the pain is usually a emotional dislocation, a dissociated emotion as part of the dissociated pieces of the trauma that's associated with the piece of the body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I grab my arm. That's where my pain ended up because I was scared. So I yes. grab my arm. So now I have pain in my arm when I'm scared, but I, I don't connect those two. Mm-hmm. Or I um, say my neck hurts every time somebody's name comes up. So now I have associated my complex with that specific pain. So now when that's triggered, I know I've connected it to something, Mm -hmm. someone, something, some event. So during the jam treatment, you go into the question of whether you want to hold on to the pain. Mm -hmm. And when you say, I don't want this pain, you are talking directly to the head cpu Mm -hmm. you're talking directly to the decision maker Mm -hmm. right oh okay i don't need to send that signal okay we can turn it off
2: absolutely and what's brilliant about it as you say i mean we recognize uh, okay you probably appreciate this, but I have someone who is a brilliant chiropractor. She is amazing. Her emotional intelligence, muscle mm. testing, and everything. And yet, she has been coming to me for some archetypal consulting, some advice. Mm. And she she has been reading Eckhart Tolle. And mm. I admire Eckhart Tolle. He has some great truths. And yet he has offered people a very simple or shortcut narrative that says me versus i Ooh. and i've been telling her you're a lot more than just two archetypes or people in your head there are several archetypes Ooh. and being able to recognize that those archetypes comprise what make up of your system your avatar your avatar is a system of very complex archetypal energies within your psyche Ooh. that are maneuvering about this dimension. Ooh. And so I understand that Eckhart Tolle has given a lot of people who are coming out of the pain body, out of trauma, permission to disconnect from what we know as the victim archetype Ooh. that he's saying is me and I is the, uh, the higher conscience. But it sounds like
1: he's stuck between uh, between the ego and the shadow. It's if you that sounds like an argument between ego and shadow. Yeah, ego says no, I want it this way, and shadow goes no, I want it this way.
2: Right. This is an old argument. And but it is good that there are different people, different teachers at different levels to meet people where they're at. So, so people who are simply coming out of victim trauma, giving them permission to not just be constantly in one lens, but realizing, oh, there's another way to see it. But then what you and I are teaching, and I'm working with this gal, is there are many lens. And part of knowing the game is understanding what are your gifts and strengths, which archetype you have to call forth in any given room to do the things that you need to do. But the, the beauty about the magician is the magician is simply just being the magician while not being a chameleon, but channeling. Because again, we've talked about in past episodes, the magician is the one that is able to entrench himself with any archetypal group and help that group uh, have a little more magic fairy dust sprinkled on it to achieve a goal of what they're trying to do. Well,
1: they see the patterns. yes. They're the ones who recognize the patterns and they recognize the patterns and they know how the patterns are supposed to be laid out. It's not only do I recognize the pattern here, I recognize how it needs to go. I recognize the movement within the pattern. So I recognize how the grid looks, but I also recognize how the grid should move. Yes, And that's when you were talking about it earlier about things that are in opposition to other things uh, within the archetypal system. And so you could have a pattern the way the archetype wants to move. Mm -hmm. But there is opposition within because there is a War between ego and shadow. That could be part of why I'm stuck. Mm -hmm. Because their little war is basically um, vacuuming all the energy out of the room. Mm -hmm. Their war is the only thing that's going on. and Maybe that's the point that I need to get out of. Um, And then once I'm free of it, then I could move into um, myself. I can mm-hmm. more move into, I'm integrated with my archetypal movement. Yes. 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 Which, is, um, which is the thing that always stares out at you. Mm-hmm. Right? You, you've talked about this early on when you talked about recognizing how. Um, the archetypes are going to move on the court, mm-hmm. right? Do you know their patterns? Yes. You see it. You know, you know their archetypal energy. So when somebody is not working within their archetypal energy, their pattern is erratic. Absolutely. And so you, they're not as predictable, but at the same time, they're not efficient, and they're
2: hurting themselves. Absolutely, that's it. I like that word "efficient" because I have lots of people that come to me. Hey, man, I want to be a king. I want to be an alpha. Ooh. I'm like, well, I can give you some help, but I mean, you want the easiest um, and most pleasant experience, the most empowering experience that you're here for? Okay, not everyone can be a king because if everyone's a king, we won't have Camelot. We have to have unique archetypes fulfilling different roles. And so there are some people that we've seen try to wear a style of fashion and show up to the party and just look at them like, that doesn't fit, man. It just doesn't fit. And so a lot of people have been um, deceived into the notion that they have to be a king for them to have value, to have what they need in this world. And so that's when we talk about people get out of whack is when the addict archetype is overpowering because all the other archetypes have been so disempowered because this system is trying to be something that is not within its archetypal programming and so when someone is not coded to be a king and they keep trying to be a king they then like any muscle, you have to use your muscle to keep it strong, their engineer archetype, or their poet archetype, or the the jester, or the hermit, those all begin to dwindle away. And that's when the addicts begin to swell up and take control because all the other archetypes have atrophied so far, so much to a point, because again, they are deceived into believing they have to have this archetype to have any value, and so much of what you and I tell them, no, is was actually the opposite. As a player, I will tell anyone, everyone's role is just as important. The coach, the, the players, or the ball boy. Everyone is needed to have a team run efficiently. Ooh. And because we live in a capitalist society where we're paying our CEOs 4,000 times the lowest paid employee, which is ridiculous, is creating this disjointed uh, perception of what it means to be a healthy ecosystem. Ooh. You have to have your ecosystem within your own psyche be healthy before you can contribute to an outer ecosystem. Ooh. It's ecosystem supporting ecosystems, which is how the universe itself works. It's Ooh. planets supporting and stars supporting, and stars supporting galaxies, galaxies supporting the universe, is ecosystems within ecosystems. And it all comes down to our ecosystems, knowing that you and I know within my own DNA, there are other, in my brain, there are other galaxies and other stars within that, depending on the scale we're speaking of. So our job is simply to establish our healthy ecosystem so that heaven above and below As we're simply in one fractal, the fractals beneath us and the fractals above us, we have to link ourselves as a healthy link in the chain for the rest of the chain to be empowered. Mm. And we do that, again, by recognizing and stepping into our full authentic archetypal patterns. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's not fighting your archetypal pattern. And you know that somebody's been traumatized when they're not in their pattern.
2: Yeah, archetypal coding probably better than pattern, but archetypal well, coding, yeah, coding
1: pattern. This, yeah. dis- uh, what we're talking about is that this is how you could tell somebody is. Um, but we use terms like not right, yeah, or off, or Off, not well, um, uh, disturbed. something, yeah, yeah, yeah. disturbed, not uh, yeah, um, um, not in their head, uh, not in yeah. their place, not not. Um, uh, frazzled we, we use different terminology right. to describe the state of being and what we're talking about that basically what it means is that yes. the um, they're not embodied in their archetypal pattern. So the pattern's right. off right. So when the pattern is off it because, because what the pattern is is, a, is an intricate um, archetypal mesh right right so. so you have all the archetypes that you named there's is an archetypal mesh. Mm -hmm. And so within this mesh, there's an overall structure. Mm -hmm. And those, that's how the pattern works. Right. 100%. That's how it's coded.
2: Yeah, And that's
1: why you get the magician. Because then it's that archetypal coding that comes out. And then there is not really a choice to be what you are, which is your
2: archetype. You are what you are. and resist it all you want. Again, I can tell people that, but it's just going to give you frustration.
1: It doesn't
2: work. (laughs) It's just going to leave you to heartbreak, frustration, disenchantment. It will,
1: will, as Jung likes to say, it will drag you kicking and screaming. 100%. So what will happen is um, you can fight it, but you are basically you're always limping and it's always pulling
2: mm-hmm.
1: because it's always trying to reset itself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Yes. It's always trying to reset. It's like, okay, this is the pattern reset. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. like, uh, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. You're talking to yourself. You're even saying to yourself, I'm not going to do it. It's not like you're talking from people who are asking you questions.
2: Yeah.
1: You're saying it to yourself. Uh, I'm not gonna do that. Well, what was the question? So, so you're getting the question. You're 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 being prompted, you're being told, hey, this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, I'm not gonna do that. Okay, well, you will sooner or later. This is how it works, right? But the the more there's resistance to integrating into the pattern, into the coding. Mm-hmm. Um
2: the more illness there is Uh yes yes and so trauma is the the power surge if you will that definitely does fray the internal wiring of a computer of the software program yes and so that is what oftentimes will allow the glitches and the unwanted repetitive patterns to appear and stay there. And you and I, people, they can keep resetting, restarting their computer, booting it up and it runs well for a little bit. And then a half hour later, they know it's time to shut down because the computer starts getting slow again, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Or we can actually do hard work and, um, either repair the hard system, the hardware system, extend it into a technician, or else we just back up our um, software data and move it into a new hardware entirely. And so what that can mean is changing your location, changing your occupation, changing your sphere of influence and who you spend your time with and who you associate with. And so, Simply repairing the system would be okay. Let's address the trauma. But like, okay, no, we're actually going to do a backup in the cloud, and we're going to tell you you need to relocate and get away from your external framing, which is the people and culture and family that you raised with, because it's just completely unhealthy. as time to go. Well,
1: part of healing is to not only um, heal from the inside. Yeah. You have to heal from the outside. Yes,
2: yes, agreed, agreed. And so we got we went off on this uh, discussion about trauma and healing, and we spoke about it in a very um, almost engineering or mechanical way, um, because we are implying that it can either be personal or impersonal. It's your choice. But when you move into the realm of impersonal, taking a step back and choosing to see that it's not all about you, and it is not just on you and yours alone to carry, it allows you to move out of the narrative because people wouldn't stay in victim mode if they weren't getting something out of it. And when you're brave enough to take a step back and you're able to see, oh, man, I definitely was milking that victim archetype for all this worth because it got me attention, Mm. which is probably something I maybe didn't get enough of as a child. Mm. So that's why I'm so drawn to playing that card, Mm. because it fulfills a need or a trauma that I had as a child and Mm. not being seen. But I recognize... I'm just spinning my wheel here. I'm just stuck in this repetitive pattern, not really going anywhere. And so the beauty of it, it requires people to no longer take it so personally, but that is what the magician has had to learn to do. Again, we spoke about um, the magician feeling abandoned. uh, Yes. By the universe. Yeah. Um, Why have you forsaken me? Why have you seen for the last uh, two two uh, millennia, especially?
1: Well, yeah, we've been hunted, we've been killed, yeah.
2: we've been burnt, we've been tortured. And so seeing the pattern that the magician archetype, not just you and me, but the magician archetype itself in the human arc, again, fractals and ecosystems within ecosystems. Yeah. Uh, the magician archetype for the last... Three or 400 years definitely went into trauma went into victim went into hiding nothing gets to happen for me it never goes my way why have i been abandoned you've forsaken me with now the world requiring yes information is there but it's also we're seeing that wait information was given us a false illusion of security and stability Mm. and the magician says oh This is where I get to enter the scene Mm. and help you know, oh, actually, security is a total illusion, Mm. and we're still in the unknown, and this is where I excel best at, because the world is my sandbox. Mm. And so the magician is now being called off the bench at this time, Mm. archetypally speaking.
1: Mm.
2: And You um, could
1: tell that Putin did not consult the magician when he walked into Ukraine. He did not. He did not consult because he's the tyrant king. Mm -hmm. It's the archetype of the tyrant king. I, and only I, know the answer and the problem. And And therefore, I will solve it in the way I see fit, which is unfortunate because then it's like looking through the hole and all you see in the room is through the hole. That's all you see. You don't see the rest of the room.
2: So it's pretty comical because Putin is two iterations behind, meaning he's still stuck in the force narrative where everything can be solved by force. The last 20 years, especially, maybe 30 since the fall of the Berlin Wall and the rise of the Internet have been, oh, everything can be solved with data and information. Yeah, yeah. And so he's two generations behind yeah. trying to retroactively reverse it by saying, aha, now's my time to reinstall the iron fist. Force is might is always right. Yeah. But then, no, because information is still so strong that it's not countering, but like, okay, where are we going to go from here? Because, okay, these ancient or outdated metrics of power are trying to come back and reclaim, and this is a huge opening energetically where the magician says, okay, there are people who are actively resisting the tyrant, but they're looking for a leader and they're realizing, oh, we're looking for our leaders because we think our leaders are people that have money because the law of attraction says, oh, if you're wealthy, it must mean because you're so spiritually intelligent and woke. And we're realizing too, realizing too, oh, that's not necessarily the case, especially with the pandemic and COVID, really throwing the data analysis narrative through a loop, because again, it gave people the illusion of control. And so while we're resisting the might is right energy coming back, the magician has a beautiful opportunity to step up and lead, giving people. Um skills within their own framework. Really, the magician, all we do, we're not really here to save anybody. We're simply just empowering, empowering, if not activating, the archetypes within other people's systems to step up. Because that's you know, the piece they're missing.
1: Forward Soviet Union, they crushed and um, tortured and hunted the magicians because the magicians were um seen as um people who can bring down the system absolutely because they ask questions Mm -hmm. so they had the gulag and they would send you to siberia and they would torture you and they would watch you. And it was like generational. And since the fall, and falls in archetypal movements don't come just because. Mm-hmm. They come because the balance is off. Right. The balance is so tilted to one side mm-hmm. that that side will crash the car. And eventually the warriors in the group crash the buggy. And so it split up into different pieces. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. The magicians reappeared in those creases, in those different pieces. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones who have been slowly kind of moving things around. Mm-hmm you join NATO, you do this, you do that, you go over here, you make an ally over there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so today's action or yesterday's or the day before is when he decided to walk into through the people, because all he could see is through the hole. He did mm-hmm. not go to a magician and say, hey, What do you think if I sent like 200,000 troops across the border? He did not go to the person who could see the board.
2: Mm -hmm. No, because the tyrant uh, is a very simple one piece on a chessboard, but all they see is what's immediately in front of them.
1: And so when you brought up King Arthur earlier, not to say there's any comparison between... Putin and King Arthur. But King Arthur would consult the court. Yes. So he would consult his other archetypal energies that are there mm-hmm. at the round table. Yes. 100%. And that's
2: how he would be able to move in the world. Mm-hmm. And so what's interesting, what I love too, is even the one, the, the smart, fancy statistical people on last Wednesday, Thursday, went immediately cynical and said, oh, well, we can't do anything because Russia has nuclear weapons and good on Zelensky for whatever, but uh, Russia's just gonna question. That there were so many people that were so cynical and skeptical, but what really has happened, and not making a lot of war, not making a lot of people dying, but it's a beautiful thing of seeing the beautiful po- the, the beautiful fool rise up that says, "Yeah, they have a massive military, but I'm going to resist. Why? Because I choose to." And with that bravery, the beautiful fool, there then has been a support. Those room. are very
1: scary words, by the way. Yes, when you say, "I will resist." Those are very scary words because now you have to break these people's will. Now you see there's a will against you. There's an energy in the universe that says no. Right. It's interesting.
2: And then seeing the magicians all pop up and hamstringing and just throwing, it's not like one sanction is gonna be the one that is like the dagger to the throat. It's just the magician being clever, being uh, evading that the warrior or the tyrant can't get a clean hit on, but it just keeps hitting him from all these different angles and reappearing on a different side. That now Russia is just like, oh man, what, what is going on here? That they're finally like Gulliver's travel. What I see is now they're just bound up, tied up, laying there. They don't really have any moves to make. So there's all this
1: different like argument at top. Mm -hmm. And then there's these mini arguments at a different level. Then there's all these weapons that are flying into Ukraine Mm -hmm. from Poland, from uh, Moldova, from Latvia. It's just flying into. So they're moving it. So there are different uh, conversations At the same time saying, oh, no, I don't think we can do anything. I mean, at the same time, Stinger and Javelin missiles are flying into Ukraine, Mm -hmm. right? So the the magician are pretending to hamstring everybody over here. Well, oh, they're nuclear weapons. And, you know, this could be a disaster. Meanwhile, saying this war is going to go on. And this so,
2: resistance is going to go on i going to go on because the magician sees it. any person who has a magician archetype it's <sighs> just looking at the chessboard and saying what do they possibly think was going to happen learning from vietnam afghanistan russia invasion and then our issues with afghanistan and iraq he did like, not
1: look at the board
2: didn't look at the board Geographically,
1: Ukraine is massive. You did not look at the board. And that means that you would have to control it in a way that you would have to have hundreds of thousands of troops there. You're not going to be able to control it because it's a massive piece of land.
2: You can't sustain it. And they're very strong-willed, and they have technological savvy. And another thing is, too, is... The difference, not to make light of the Middle Eastern wars, the Middle Eastern wars are about, they're driven in large part, yes, by oil, but also religious extremists. Ukraine is simply about, this is our land. This is our home. Well, extremism can rise in
1: different different denominations. It could rise in religion. It could rise in philosophy. It could rise in patriotism. It could rise... And um, uh, you know it rises in different ways. And the Russians, um, what they don't see is what they missed is there's a lot of small nation states around there yes. that were crushed by them. Mm-hmm. Now they have a chance to give them a black eye. Yes. So they're going to be entertaining ideas of fighting. They. It's a hornet's nest. It's like it reminds me of World War II when the Germans decided they were going to send tanks into Russia. Yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, like,
2: yeah, the Germans that, didn't learn from uh, Napoleon. There's two no, things no, you, no. you'd never, but,
1: but, but nobody learned from Napoleon because they went into Afghanistan. They did the yeah, same thing.
2: Absolutely.
1: Napoleon, there's all of them were defeated in Afghanistan. There is no, no great nation state that was able to occupy Afghanistan.
2: Well, that's the thing is you really can't occupy um, because the, the, the level of communication now through the internet, and because we thought it was hard enough and we saw it didn't work with Afghanistan in the 80s with Russia and the US later. But they didn't have cell phones and all that. But now there's cell phones, there's internet, there's ability to mass gather. If not physically, at least intellectually, that creates so much resistance. And so you and I, the magician, we're just scratching our head and saying, "Okay, Putin. Let's say best case scenario, you do wipe out Zelensky and you install a puppet government. Suddenly, all the Ukrainians are going to be I don't, I don't gonna think okay he's going to
1: survive it. I don't think he's, he's going to survive it. I think, I think it's, it's a tactical disaster class. Yeah,
2: and so the magician in me right now is loving this. I'm not loving that children, and women, innocent people are being slaughtered, but I am loving the swan song of the despot, the tyrant energy trying yeah. to give itself one last hurrah and going out with a massive whimper which I believe will usher in a very new global um, general agreement of it is time to move past national ideology that we really are a collective world. The fact that so many people are coming to Ukraine support honoring each people's right to self govern I think is going to usher in an entirely new chapter for humanity, and that's why I'm loving this.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I. It's it's a very, very it's very interesting time archetypally.
2: Mm-hmm. You is. can see it. You can feel it. And we will keep our eyes on it as we wrap it up. I'm glad we got to this point because it's exciting. It's scary. It was really sobering, but. Um, I'm, I'm greatly encouraged uh, in this experience of where we're going as a human race.
1: You know, as soon as he did it, usually I have apprehension when, you know, when they were building forces against Iraq, I had appreh- apprehensions that this is going to go really bad and it's mm-hmm. still going bad. It mm-hmm. hasn't stopped. Um I had apprehensions about going, you know, people going into Afghanistan, the U.S. going. I was like, mm-hmm. "Why do we want to go into Afghanistan? This is a terrible idea." Yeah. And, but when this guy mounted forces, I could only think, "I was like, he's this is a terrible strategic mistake." <laughs>
2: again the magician yeah like no one asked me no one consulted anyone asked the magician and you're right he did it
1: like he did not ask he did not and and usually usually this is this is how bad because you did not see the board
2: right. didn't see the board and so the magician <clears throat> in us is loving the hubris of the archetype of the tyrant Thinking that it could continue to get away, and us seeing uh, a new age after the last thousand years, especially uh, the magician being hunted and seeing its hunter fall on his Ooh. own sword. Yes.
1: The balance needs to rise in the world. Mm-hmm. Balance needs to, archetypal balance needs to be regained. With that, Um, we'll be back next week.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I am Dr. Lahab. This is Lance Allred, and this is The Magician's Call. Lance, you want to say goodbye?
2: Yeah, let's uh, see you guys next week and have faith and trust that uh, humanity is progressing. It is scary. It's sobering to see old World War II style military state uh, invasions. But be encouraged by how quickly we have resisted it as opposed to last time.
0: See you guys next week. Thank you for tuning into this episode of The Magician's Call podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing from Dr. Bell Samurai and Lance. We hope you will continue to join us on this journey throughout this series. If you enjoy the JAMF Training Institute's Magician's Call Podcast, make sure to rate the podcast 5 stars on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to check out the IFC's Individuation Podcast as well. You can also find us on the IFC YouTube. See you again for another episode soon.